goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Data Transformers newest podcast. Um, so I'm excited to welcome Dr. Madiha Jafri. She's an associate fellow of artificial intelligence and cybersecurity at Lockheed Martin. So this is a space we have not covered before from the industry as well as the, the domains. So Peggy and I are excited to uh, welcome Madiha. Uh, Dr. Jafri, I will go between Dr. Jafri and then Madiha, so I hope you don't mind. Of course, so thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here, Ramesh and Peggy. Great. All right, so with that, Maria, so the very first question that, that we were asking ourselves, not, not many people are familiar with this associate fellow title. What does the, the fellow mean? And at Lockheed Martin, in general, so what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a great question. So, uh, so fellows in the in the corporate world. Okay, so there's you know when I. There, there are two types of fellows out there. There's the, uh, you know, what, when I got my, my PhD 14 years ago, after that, I got into, well, not after, at the same time, I also got into a, a postdoctoral program, right? So I was a research fellow back then as well. So there's a, you know, after a PhD, you can be, you, you can go and research and be a research fellow. So there's that. But then in the corporations or in the corporate world, uh, our fellows are basically, it's, it's, basically the most distinguished honor that we can have on a technical path, you know? So we, like, you know, you, you hear about the VPs and the, uh, the, the executives, but what if you're completely technical? So, so fellows is basically, you know, you become an engineer and, you know, lead engineer or principal engineer, and then you can go into, into the, the, the fellows path. And you, I mean, it's usually just, you know, the, the top one or 2% of the company um, has, has that title. So at Lockheed Martin, we just started an associate fellows program. So uh, that's basically, Basically, you know, we, we used to just have, you know, you, you would apply straight to the fellows program, but this is more about building a pipeline and having the, the fellows train the associate fellows. A lot of us may not make it, <laughs> and, but uh, to, to be fellows, right? But, but this is basically like a more rigorous um, training kind of a um, pipeline uh, building. So I hope that helps. That's great. So, so what, what are your role, what's your responsibility? So I, I think, I mean, I, I am, a, um, no, this doesn't necessarily correlate to what all fellows do. But personally at Lockheed Martin, I mean, I've been with the company for uh, 14 years. I started out in uh, cybersecurity and, uh, but, uh, and, and uh, I did that for almost 10 years. And then uh, about, you know, in, since 2018, uh, the DOD picked up on uh, AI and made it, made it a friend and, you know, uh, an important initiative. So uh, my PhD work was in artificial intelligence and electromagnetics. So I, so I basically got to reconnect with my passion in artificial intelligence and uh, while keeping cybersecurity and ethics at the forefront. So, so right now, um, you know, we are, we are a huge corporation. We have over 130,000 employees 
employees and uh, for business area, I would say we probably have more than more than 130 products uh, that, we, that we that we have in in um, space, in in air, and sea, and undersea, on land. So a lot of products um, that are you know <laughs> for for the defense uh, defense mm-hmm. industry. We are the largest defense contractors out there. So um, so I work on a quarter of that portfolio. We're called the Rotary Mission Systems or RMS, and I'm basically the the AI architect uh, for for those products. Uh, I work with the you know figuring out where what are the best um, AI insertion points uh, on some of those products again, keeping cybersecurity and ethics at the forefront, um, and then also I'm, I'm one of the digital digital transformation leads as well. Wow, that's uh, re- that's really fascinating. Um, so, Matija, I'd like to just talk about um, when people think about cybersecurity, um, they think about the you know the technology involved with keeping people and things safe, right? I think in general, it's, it's a good general description. But where does um, AI, how does artificial intelligence play a role? in um, you know enforcing cybersecurity or um, you know further keeping keeping things safe like how how does where's the intersection can you talk about that a little bit more yeah yeah so cybersecurity has so many different facets right so I mean, when I started at Lockheed, it was um, my focus was cryptography. You know how to keep things secure in that sense. Uh, but then there's also the, the the cybersecurity of keeping systems safe, and mm-hmm. um, and you know that that, that so again cyber and, and there's there's policy, and you know there's so so much. It's so it's it's such a broad so. Um, so this would be a very generalized response, right? So AI is is just a tool, right? And basically, it it can help um, make everything more efficient. And it's really good at, um, you know, like finding that needle in a haystack much faster than what humans can detect. Adding um, AI uh, type solutions into our existing fiber solutions is basically just, you know, speeding up uh, detection, for example. And there there are so many different facets of, uh, you know, recovery. If you want to basically go through recovery, how can you do that faster? Um, and you know what? Which asset should you focus on? Uh, what is your top asset? You know, yeah, I can help figure that out. That you know, okay, this is the, the top priority of this is the the asset that we want to target in, in protecting. If this one has already been breached, you know, so there's so many, so many applications of um, of AI based solutions on in cybersecurity, just like there are in everything else that we practically do. So, okay, um, I think in general, I mean, people. Would like to uh, would like to know like what are the I guess general challenges um, you have in this field of you know how to improve AI to help cybersecurity is it um, you know challenges with data or you know challenges with new technology like what are the general high level um, aspects of this role that uh, that you have to deal with yeah yeah um, so you know I um, when I I would say that I'm, I've, I've been a proponent for, for AI at Lockheed for almost, you know, again, throughout, while I was working on cybersecurity, I was also pushing uh, for AI as well. And I think, you know, and I think you hit, you hit it on both sides, right? Like data is a problem, you know, and, and especially considering how we are a huge corporation, we have so much data, right? And, um, and then, uh, and I guess I'll pull that data thread a little bit more, you know, um, we, especially in the DOD, we, we were, we are, we purposefully, have some silos, you know, when we talk about products, you know, we, like when we talk about building like F-35s, you know, that data is completely separate from, let's say, building, um, you know, the, the Mars rover, you know, so uh, we, we, we just kept even the, 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 the programs completely separate. It made sense to do that, right? But 
Um, but now when we talk about so cybersecurity and artificial intelligence, they're both uh, core competencies. You know, they can mm -hmm. they can equally go on both. I mean, just just these two platforms that I just talked about. Um, and we can also, you know, from an AI perspective, have uh, transfer learning. You know, and and other things too. So so now we are almost going like platform agnostic. You know, from you know so um, so it's not just data from a cleansing data perspective, but it's also just data sharing. Uh, limitations that um, that are that are uh, quickly we are you know getting over those hurdles, but uh, but I would say that that's that that's really like it's not just a we were unorganized, <laughs> you know it's more of a okay we we have data but can I even share it with you you know because you are a different program, um, so so that's one thing and then um, uh, so the sec second concern um, is the technology part and uh, there there's. It's not a concern, right? Like, so now with respect to AI and cyber, there are so many uh, solutions out there. So you almost have an overload of technology. Yeah. So how do you sift through it? You know, and what is uh, what is real? What is efficient? What is snake oil? Completely snake oil, right? So how do you go through that quickly and and efficiently? And then you know, um, before you know. Like again, just a few years ago, we would have like one or two solutions, and then you would just kind of suck those solutions into your product, and and uh, those solutions would mold to to our products. But now it's like, okay, now we have to mold our products to those solutions that mm -hmm. are out there, you know, because there's so many. So and then you're piecing the solutions together as their compatibility, you know, and all of that. So it's um, technology. I mean, I, I feel like we are doing a great job with all of these small businesses and all the solutions that are coming out. Um, but then that, you know, again, it's just like, you know, going through that technology and figuring out what's what's right for the different solutions is, is, is challenging. It's a good challenge to have. Yeah. Somebody had the other uh, element. Um, you said like last four years or so, you started looking at AI and cybersecurity space. So the other non-defense organizations that we spoke to, right? So the two things that uh, Peggy mentioned, data is a big challenge, right? So it's a much bigger challenge than which model you pick uh, those kinds of things, the cleansing, preparing, classifying, catalog, things that you mentioned, right? And in your case, it, it's a challenge, but it doesn't seem like it's a big challenge. And then the other one is which model to pick, which one is a better prediction and a better uh, you know, analytics and those things, that's the thing. The other two elements also, the, uh, the data culture and data literacy aspect of it, mm -hmm. how aware the organization the rest of the, is about data itself, and how prepared they are uh, from that angle. And the, another angle is the people itself, like uh, is organization ready to take on this, like AI when you introduce into cybersecurity, or do you have to rely on external vendors kind of stuff? So can you talk a little bit about the data culture literacy aspect of it, how important yeah. it is? Is it a challenge or not so much? And then also the people readiness to embrace these things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Both of the end this time I wrote it down, so you won't forget. <laughs> so, so I think that you, these are both extremely important points. I think you know from a from and I'll again you know uh, this is only me speaking. I don't speak on behalf of DoD or or, or on Lockheed Martin, right? But uh, what I see is that what we do, the employees that we have um, in um, in the DoD or at Lockheed Martin, we are very mission driven. So we are we are here, you know. Uh, to, to serve the warfighter in, in, in some cases, or you know, to, uh, to uh, excel our um, innovation, get us ahead uh, of our adversaries, right? Uh, whether it's you know, landing on moon or going to Mars. So, um, so I think our, from a cultural perspective, um, we do have uh, our folks, um, okay. Uh, so, so basically from a cultural perspective, 
um, I think our our folks are um, uh, are mission driven. So there isn't necessarily a push that hey, you guys please please embrace digital. Yeah, digital yeah, I see. Now, right. I think people are more than ready for it. I think so. So uh, thankfully, that's not a that's not a problem. Literacy wise, right? It's it is hard to maybe we come from a, an era where you know like the companies would put put a training budget together, and um, and that's how you would get um, you know your employees trained. But now that you know with with all these new technologies coming from all directions, our employees going to have to um, have that passion for learning on their own. And they do that. So, so thankfully, that hasn't been <laughs> a problem either. But, but that's that's the like you know how do you um, tell your employees like while they're also you know executing and doing the good things out there, how do you tell them that hey look this is this is the latest trend out there. Yeah. Go and yeah. learn it, even if on your own, but just go and learn it. Right. So, uh, I think it's it's a lot of information for organizations and then for the people. So, um, so that's that is a challenge. But it's uh, even that I would say it's it's a good challenge to have. You know, just. Uh, it, it's nice to have um, this open dialogue on, you know, talking to people and figuring out, okay, what is your passion? So that when you learn and you listen to a podcast at night, it's it's more aligned with your passion. It's not necessarily a course that you're taking, right? Mm. Um, so so that's the culture part and literacy part. And I, th- I think, uh, uh, yeah, from a people- Employee readiness, I think you already addressed it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so um, just going back to a point you made earlier, uh, Madiha, you talked about, um, you know, do you think your your role is more strategy focused or data engineering? Um, I'm curious, as, especially when it comes to you know data and um, focusing on you know AI part of it. I guess um, do, do you see that um, one of them being more heavy handed, or do you see a balance, or neither, um, in your yeah. role? <laughs> yeah, that's. I wish oh, I, I knew the answer for myself. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's a great. So you know, my passion is the actual engineering, right? The actual solutions, putting, going out there and building, build, like you know, just just like what I did for my PhD. You know, just figuring out a solution, putting a model on, you know, getting the data and putting some model on it and getting a solution, uh, the the best classifier out there for some problem that we have, right? Um, but unfortunately, I keep getting pulled out into strategy. Uh, so so I try to focus on a technical problem, but then I quickly realized that, oh, wow, well, it was so hard for me to find this data. It must be hard for others too. So let me, you know, work on, you know, work with these engineers to, to build a solution so that other people can have access to this data fast too. And then, you know, as I work on that one problem, like, okay, okay, it was very hard for me to import these models or import the software, you know, or maybe, you know, um, a software approval process can can get better, right? So then I go back to strategy and fix the software approval process, right? Like so, so I, I as as uh, as you or I execute on the the practical side, I realize that this needs the problems that I'm having are probably going to be faced now by so many hundreds of other engineers too. So then I I always just get back and and try to figure it out, the, you know, the, the figure out the whole ML ML ops pipeline um, and how we can tackle it strategically. Whether it's the the compute, whether it's uh, the the software, the hardware, um, whether it's you know again uh, the, the the data. If, extraction aggregation um whatever we're doing and, and you know again the dealing with the silos and, and 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 not just products but also there's functions you know there's hr engineering yeah. you know comms and so so it can, it can go in so many different ways so um so i i get pulled in strategy a lot um as i as i work on the practical 
Oh, no, I was going to just follow up and, and just kind of compare and contrast this with um, financial services industry. Um, there's normally a, a chief data officer, right? He or she is an, a, an executive person who is responsible for, for data strategy and, and execution and aligning the projects for the team of, you know, data analysts. So I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, a similar role at Lockheed Martin where the engineers fold up into maybe a chief engineer, but that his or her role is um, is responsible for data strategy and execution. Is does that is there a similar parallel? Yeah, yeah, we definitely have that. We have a chief data uh, analytics office, and we have um, chief engineer, like you're saying. You know, so um, so all of that is is there. You know, we have um, uh, and I, I guess, but you know, uh, we can't rely on just a top down strategy. We also have to give the just because again our products are so deep and so many that uh, for one C, you know, CDAO to, to figure out a strategy for you know, 40 products isn't really feasible, you know, and you can't put 40 products in one bucket. So, so there is definitely a merge of bottom up and top down. And that's how people, a person like me who has that bottom up experience and I work with this, the top down strategy. So it has to come together, which is very unique um, for AI and cyber, you know, it wasn't unique, in any other discipline, you know, before before then, um, everything was was it it, it wasn't so product um, focused, but I mean it wasn't unique, but across from a domain perspective. So so in cyber and AI, you need that bottom up and top down strategy to really merge together nicely. Wow, that is interesting, actually. So actually, when you are talking about the, your engineering role, so to say, one of the things that we keep hearing about this ops right? So ML ops, model ops, right? So I do not know how um, important uh, uh, that is or critical uh, it is for you. It's in cybersecurity, so there is a typical engineering piece of it, right? But when you bring AI into the piece, then you're talking about the models, model operations, and ML ops and all that stuff, right? So uh, have you noticed, uh, again, let's talk in general, uh, not specific things, in the last four years, as you were embedding AI into cybersecurity, was there a lot of ML ops, a model ops thing that you had to think about? And then also data ops is another thing that we, we, we keep hearing about. So if you can talk about this ops piece of the work. Yeah, uh, you know, I, so this is just, again, this is just Medea talking, right? I just feel like, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you overcomplicate things, you know, mm. like, like, um, I would say that have another word that's thrown out there is DevSecOps, right? That too. Yeah, yeah, that, that too, right? Like it's, uh, but, but it's nothing new, right? DevOps means, you know, development and operation, like we have been building, developing and operating equipment for centuries, right? Like, I mean, we've been doing that for a long time and now to put stack security in the middle, you know, it just, it, it, We've been doing it, but okay, sure, call it a word, right? Same thing with ML ops. It's nothing really uh, unique. You know, you pull data, you aggregate it, you extract features, you perform modeling, you, you do your validation verification, you deploy. So there's nothing unique to it, hmm. you know, but it's just uh, um, to, to build any product that has AI in it, right? So you would have to do a development. Dev ops will have to happen for that product. Right, and then that DevOps would need to use MLOps, right? Because it's a it's a machine learning product, and and then and then you would put security on top. So it, it just or, or in the middle or embed security mm. in there. So I just feel like we sometimes overcomplicate 
um, something that's very simple. We have been doing, um, we have been working on ML ops for years. You know, it's right. not like a new thing, but you just now we're calling it a new thing. Another thing that's out there is CI CD pipeline, right? Continuous yeah. integration, continuous the whole agile like, deployment. Yeah, yeah we, like we, we've been doing that. We, we, like, we never like deployed products and then was like, okay, goodbye. You know, like we always integrated. And now there's a continuous learning, CI, uh, continuous learning and continuous CLCD or, or something. So yeah, continuous know, integration, like, continuous yeah. development, exactly. And then, right, yeah. right. So it's, I think I was like, okay, all right, let's, you know, add another acronym out there to sound smart. But uh, <laughs> but I just feel like it's it's nothing new. We, yeah. So so when we talk about cybersecurity and uh, and AI, any cyber solution, you know, would have to follow an ML ops pipeline. You know, so we need to extract data, feature extraction. It's it's a very standard procedure. I think that's out there. So Matija, just wanted to uh, maybe go a little bit further into the start of your Lockheed career, where you focused on cryptography and nanotechnology. Um, you know, again, for me, those are very new concepts, but I see them as distinct things. Like, so how, how do they, again, how do they merge together and what type of applications um, are we talking about? What type of products and applications um, are involved with those two things? Yeah, <laughs> so, so no, that's a, a great question. And, and I think I, if it wasn't for, if you had asked me this question, you know, five years ago, I would have said nothing. There's no similarity in them. I don't know. My career is just all over the place. I don't know how it's going to do it. So, so, but I would say now that that they do come together. But, um, but back then, I it was more. My journey was more of a coincidence, you know. So, like, I finished my PhD again in AI and in electromagnetics. So, um, Lockheed Martin found me. Uh, I didn't apply for a job. They they found me on Career Builder, and my manager interviewed me, and she said that you know, um, like it's you're you're good for a for this position um, without really telling me what the details were. And I totally trusted her. And I started my, my you know, a few months later, I, after my clearances and everything, I started my job and it turned out that she was like, you know, this is a cryptography problem that you have to, you know, solve. And I was like, crypto, <laughs> I don't, you have the wrong person, right? I don't know cryptography. And and her her thoughts were that, you know, you, um, you are, I can, I can feel that you can think outside the box. So we need for somebody to be able to think outside, think outside the box to solve this problem. And and so I was able to to you know to do that, and thankfully she had my back. So I was like, all right, okay, if I fail, please don't fire me. But um, but I didn't, and and so that that was like the you know the first two to three years of my my career at Lockheed, and I was like, okay, well I'm I, I got done into and and basically the the problem there now it's all unclassified is is you know how to secure um, the the missile communication, you know, so so missiles launch from our navy ships. Uh, how do you make sure that those uh, those missiles um, are communicating securely with the ship? So when they launch, right? So um, so that was that was you know a two year thing, and then I was like, all right, well I want to go back and do my AI thing, right? And 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 so I was I was like, I'm I'm done with crypto now, what, right? So so then um, then I just got. Um, to, to work on this nanotechnology project, you know, it was just a um, a side thing that was that had nothing to do with cryptography. So I I think I mean just like a quick Lockheed Martin um, 
um, you know, uh, announcement here is that like we, our portfolio is so big that you can work on so many different products. So mm-hmm. nanotechnology was completely different, um, and and we uh, we were basically building sensors uh, for chemical and biological weapon detection. So so very very different, right? And but some of the my electromagnetics background came in handy there to to figure out um, some of the sensor sensor technology, and then learning about quantum dots and uh, carbon nanotubes was completely new to me, you know, and, and I loved it. I loved uh, just jumping into, again, something very new. Um, and then after that, I got got back into just cybersecurity in general, you know, protecting the, the assets of uh, Lockheed Martin assets um, as, a, as a manager and a, and a leader. So, so I guess, you know, short, well, very long answer to your question is that um, they weren't connected per se, but now as an architect, uh, as an AI architect, you know, I can understand the domains. I can understand crypto. I can understand nanotechnology and what we're doing in those sensors. I understand, um, you know, again from a cybersecurity perspective, what it takes to to take a product uh, in, through through security. And then also, I worked on like electronic warfare, and I worked on um, a, a few like radars and everything. So so just uh, I'm able to work across t- uh, different domains and then connect and then, and then figure out. Okay, you can do some transfer learning here or here. Um, so, so while they don't connect, they do connect, if that helps. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.